From the Financial Times in New York, I'm Andrew Edgecliffe-Johnson, and this is FT News. Ivanka Trump is one of the most powerful first children in White House history. With an official role in the West Wing, many suspect her of also having an outsized influence on her father's decision-making. And in the FT this weekend, politics reporter Courtney Weaver talks to Ms. Trump. She's on the line from D.C. to give us a preview. Courtney, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So I want to start by just asking you, beyond her title and this unusual, almost unprecedented role of first daughter with an office above her father's, what does Ivanka actually do in the White House? What picture emerged from your reporting of the role she plays day to day? Uh, That's a great question. So her formal title is assistant to the president. And as you remember, she initially she said she was not going to join her father's White House in a formal role. And she changed her mind in April and decided to take uh, a job inside the White House. And in the first couple of months, she was trying to kind of figure out what she was going to focus on. So she had a lot of, um, you know, kind of working groups and she would sit in on meetings trying to figure out what issues were important to her. And now in this interview, she's basically laid out what the areas are that she's going to be focusing on. So her formal title is assistant to the president, but what she's really working on are issues such as paid family leave, different initiatives that help women entrepreneurs, things like human trafficking. She's also very interested in science and technology, engineering and mathematics. And she's kind of set this as this very, very narrow policy areas that she wants to be held accountable for. So on paid family leave, she she was trying to create this, basically the first federally mandated paid family leave program in the U.S. And that really is the very specific thing that she wants to be held accountable for whereas everything else that people blame her for, she, she doesn't want to be account- held accountable for, whether we think right. that's fair or unfair. And naturally, she's, uh, the outside world is uh, keen to judge her entirely in, in terms of her relationship with her father and um, through that prism. But the role that her father has asked her to play seems to be hugely varied. You know, there, there was the one occasion where he had her sit in his seat at a meeting of world leaders and uh, people clutched their pearls over that. And then there was another occasion only a few days ago where at a, an event and calls her up on stage saying uh, yeah, that she'd asked to be with him on the trip. And she actually said, Daddy, can I go with you? And people uh, you know, clutched their pearls at him calling a you know, senior advisor, uh, <laughs> talking about a senior advisor in this way. How do you understand that relationship? Right. I mean, I think there you have to really point out that you know, even though Ivanka says she only wants to be judged on these very specific issues, at the same time, she she is trying to have it both ways to some extent. So she is basically going into these forays with foreign leaders. She was on hand for Trump's meeting with Abe. She's established this personal relationship with Angela Merkel. She sat in the seat at the G20, as you mentioned. And so she she basically, she's saying, you know, don't judge me on all these issues, such as, you know, there was a lot of outcry that she wasn't able to stop her father from pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement. There was also outcry that she says she's a supporter of gay rights, but then her father banned transgender people from the military. So even though she says she only wants to be judged by these certain issues, um, I think it's definitely fair to say, you know, hey, wait a second, you know, why are you putting yourself in these positions if you if you say you only want to be judged on these issues? Yep. So um, I remember when she first moved to Washington with her husband, Jared Kushner, a friend of theirs in New York telling me they're going basically to kick Donald Trump under the table if he starts getting too wild. You know, they think they can be a moderating influence on her father. Now, I don't know whether she, whether you believe that, but you start with this anecdote about uh, the weekend of the Charlottesville protests and the violence in Charlottesville that has brought this question of white supremacy to the foreground of American politics. It was a weekend when uh, 
Ivanka and Jared were out of town. And there have been a couple of those occasions where they've not been physically there. And Donald Trump has gone off script and the chaos has ensued. Do you see a correlation there between their presence in the White House and the president staying on script? Yeah, I think, you know, people, allies of them in the White House, allies of Jared and Ivanka say, you know, basically every day the president goes off script. So basically he would do it every day. So, you know, no matter when they go on vacation, it's always going to be a problem. I mean, I think the Charlottesville situation is a very specific one. You know, this was a real kind of low point for the Trump presidency, just the way that the president doubled down on his comments that many sides were responsible for the violence. You know, it had this huge, huge outcry. And obviously there's been many controversial moments in this presidency, but this was really a new level. And then the added layer of that, obviously, is that Jared and Ivanka are themselves practicing Orthodox Jews. So to have the president come out with a less than strong condemnation of, you know, these neo-Nazis marching through the streets of Charlottesville chanting, Jews will not replace us, was really quite striking. But, you know, privately they do insist that they are a moderating force in the president. They just say, we don't always see it, you know, or they try to help on certain issues, but they don't, they can't win all the time. And also they can't convince the president to abandon the campaign promises that he made to the American people. Another thing people can take issue with, but that, that's their position. Talk us through the reporting process here. The relationship between journalists and this White House is never simple. Can you tell us something about the access you had and uh, what you learned from that process? I met with Ivanka three times, and I met with uh, Jared once. They're very, obviously, very concerned about their image. They're very concerned about kind of how they're perceived and that their quotes are not taken out of context. So we had three conversations, um, and from that, we were allowed to use certain parts of those conversations. And then separately, she emailed she emailed some comments to us as well that she thought were more specific. But it just gives you this insight into, you know, especially Ivanka, she's grown up, you know, in the media spotlight her whole life. And it's this really interesting contrast to her father. You know, her father speaks off the cuff. He says all these gaffes. He's not scared about saying anything. And she's very, very focused on kind of controlling her image, controlling what she says, which obviously is a very hard thing to do in this White House. Um, so I think just that kind of gives you some insight into to how worried she is about how she's perceived. And she thinks that there's all this criticism against her and that, you know, people are always going to take issue with her. And so she's trying to kind of control the way that she is perceived. But obviously she's not always successful at that. So she's a very scripted figure in a very unscripted White House. So finally, uh, you talk about the image that they like to portray. You know, what portrait really came through for you? As I was reading your piece, the thing that really stuck with me was how thick-skinned Ivanka has become from her time in the public eye, which, as you say, started when she was a very young girl. I mean, I think the thing that I had never spoken to her before I started doing this piece, and I was kind of expecting, you know, and she has this very kind of curated image. Um, she, you know, she's obviously always very put together, and she has these very curated Instagram feed, and she comes across looking a little bit plastic in those, in those images. And in person, she actually is quite... She's much edgier than I thought she was going to be. She has kind of more of a personality and, and stronger opinions. And because, like we were talking about with the self-control of the image, she tries to kind of to clamp that down. But it's interesting also with this, all the policy issues she's working on. In some ways, she's more of a figure like, like Hillary Clinton, where she's actually, she's not there just to be kind of an ornament or a first lady. She really wants to, you know, she is very, very ambitious. You know, people who work with her in the White House say she's, you know, she, she's there scheming along with the rest of them. You know, she's not just sitting in a corner. And I think that was kind of interesting. I think that gets lost sometimes in the narrative about her. 
All right. Well, you can read more about that personality and those policies in Courtney's piece online today on FT.com and in this weekend's paper. Courtney, thank you very much. Thank you.